This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is Finsider Radio, part of TheFinsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is Matt Kanata. I'm joined by Houts and Sutton, as we do each and every day here on the SB Nation Network, part of TheFinsider.com or TheFinsider.com, part of the SB Nation Network. Listen, I'm so excited about this game that just happened that we record here on a Thursday evening. I think right now it's 11:34 at night on the East Coast. And we, dedication, dedication, huge Dolphins fans. Uh, many try to imitate us. Few can duplicate us. That's not really how I feel. That's a joke. If you know what I'm talking about, kudos to you. Anyways, the Dolphins defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars in their third preseason game 22 to 7 but that's not the real story of the night. A lot of a lot of things are going to happen here on Dolphins Twitter the next week or so as Brian Flores tries to decide who the starting quarterback is going to be. Fitzpatrick 13 drives, 53 complete 53.1 completion percentage, 166 passing yards, one touchdown, 78.4 passer rating. Josh Rosen, 15 drives, 62.2 completion percentage, 352 passing yards, no touchdowns, one interception, 77.3 passer rating. But the stats go beyond the box score. Josh Rosen looked light years better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, came in cold off the bench from his own one-yard line and marched the team down the field 99 yards for a touchdown. Then gets uh, hands the ball off, and Laird gets into the end zone for the two-point conversion, holding penalty on the play. They scoot it back, and they kick it for the extra point. But the fact remains, Rosen comes in and just sparks this offense up. Granted, it was against second-teamers. But for me, how it's in Sutton, it is clear. It is so close in this competition on the field, right? I know Brian Flores said in this post-game press conference, 
that Josh Rosen played well, so the decision is going to be harder for him to make, but he's not going to rush a young quarterback along. We know there are off-the-field things that there are at play here. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, it comes down to on-the-field play. And from what we've seen in all of preseason, in every single game, Josh Rosen has played better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. For me, it is so close, even if you take the off-the-field stuff, it is so close. And you know what you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know what this team is, and needs to grow with this quarterback. There is absolutely zero, nada, zippo reason for starting Ryan Fitzpatrick at all this year unless Josh Rosen goes down with an injury. Your thoughts? fantastically amazing conversation to have right now because you wonder if Fitzpatrick was the predetermined starting quarterback. So here's, here's what I'm going to say. I agree with you that Josh Rosen has shown enough to be the starting quarterback. If Miami goes with Ryan Fitzpatrick as, as the starting quarterback, Here's the story that makes the most sense to me. Okay, so we go into the season thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the starting quarterback for the entire year, but then we get into the draft, and we have this scenario where we're able to pick up Josh Rosen, someone who was just drafted in the first round in the top ten, late in the second round, essentially. So we trade down and end up getting him late in the second round. So maybe the thought process is that we start Ryan Fitzpatrick and get to maybe week, I don't know, 10, 12, somewhere in there, get late in the season, basically walking this fine line of showing as few games as possible for Josh Rosen to play and play well. So in other words, Getting him at a late second-round draft pick, but then flipping him for something better because we know this quarterback market in the NFL is completely starved for quarterback talent. So if Josh Rosen shows something in the preseason, which he has, and then shows something late in the season when he has the opportunity, then we have the chance to flip him for something and just add to our arsenal in 2020, especially if the original idea going forward was that we were going to draft someone in 2020 no matter what. The biggest thing for me is, and I mean, I think that we can sit here and we can discuss which quarterback has looked the best throughout preseason. If you're sitting here saying Ryan Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback, I think that is a bit dishonest. I think that what we see from Josh Rosen, yes, he's going against inferior competition, as you saw today you know, against second or third stringers, but he looks like the clear-cut, better quarterback, in my opinion. We keep hearing Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's looked good in camp. You know, he's done everything right in practice. All the veterans are flocking to him. He's been around the league for 17 years. Obviously, they're flocking to him. But if you're going to sit here and say which player gives you the best chance to win in 2019, I just don't see how in the hell you can sit here and say that's Ryan Fitzpatrick because we've seen the good from Fitzpatrick and we've seen the bad. And what we saw today was a guy that looked like the same Ryan Fitzpatrick that you see after he goes out there and lights the world on fire. You know, he throws for three 400-yard games back to back to back. 
and then he turns into a, just another guy. Today he was just another guy. He looked off. He's looked off the entire preseason, and I understand what Brian Flores is doing, okay? I mean, they're going against four playoff-caliber teams, four teams that were in the playoffs last season and the start of the season. So why throw Josh Rosen out there, the guy who you traded a second-round pick, you had already invested that pick in. You saw he was a top-ten pick, like Sutton said. You know, he was – Everyone thought the world of Josh Rosen a year ago. He went to Arizona. He played behind the worst offensive line. He played with the worst team in the NFL. There was a reason they picked number one overall. There was a reason Kyler Murray, a once-in-a-generation talent, has looked like dog crap behind that team. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm shaking just thinking about it. Kyler Murray isn't doing anything behind that same team that Josh Rosen failed to do the same things behind. He got traded to Miami. He's not being given a fair shot. Anybody that sits here and says, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the starting quarterback – that's ridiculous. He does not look like the better quarterback. I think the only re- way you can spin this is if Brian Flores says, okay, these first four games are going to be brutal. Let's send the veteran out there. Let's see if he can put string together two, three wins and get some momentum heading into this, to the middle, to the second half of the season. But otherwise, I mean, I do not see how this Ryan Fitzpatrick can go out there and play four games and not just have, you know, pass the torch along to Josh Rosen because everything that we've seen so far leading up to this, you know, I, I've not been at camp. You guys have not been at camp. We don't know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing in training camp, but everything we see on game days thus far is that Josh Rosen is a superior quarterback. He should start. I don't know what they're going to do in 2020. I don't know what Josh Rosen's future is, but I know that we talked about this two years ago. Josh Rosen was a, a you know, the most NFL-ready quarterback. I think both I, I know Kanata and I both believe that he was going to be a potential superstar in the NFL. I'm not going to discredit what he did in Arizona because, again, that team is terrible. We're seeing how terrible they are. But to sit here and say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback, that to me is ridiculous. I think the only way, again, you can spin that is if you're going to throw him out there, let him die on the field against those four playoff caliber teams, transition to Josh Rosen at the bye, have him play Washington, get 12 games out of him, see what samples – See that sample size. See what kind of caliber quarterback he can be. And then at that point, you make your evaluation heading into the 2020 draft. The Dolphins will open up the season, as you mentioned, against the Ravens at home, against the Patriots at home, against the Cowboys in Dallas, and then against the Chargers at home. Yes, it's a brutal-ass schedule, right? And so maybe the, the point is and the thinking is, I'm not going to rush a young quarterback, which is kind of a tea leaf to, okay, I'm not going to rush him, but I guarantee you by week five, he's going to be ready to go. Because the Ravens and the Patriots and the Cowboys and the Chargers are tough teams, every single one of them. And they're going to throw things at the quarterback and at the offense that you probably have not seen before. So in that case, would you rather have a Josh Rosen, a second-year player, who just learned how to identify the Mike linebacker in practice this year? Or are you going to... Give it to a 14-year veteran, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's probably seen everything that you can possibly see in the NFL. On the surface, when you look at it that way, it makes total sense to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you just look at it that way. But it's hard, and it's hard for Brian Flores. And I'm sure Brian Flores is thinking this way. But when you have a guy like Rosen who's been playing pretty much lights out. I mean, I want to say lights out. That's a little bit of exaggeration. But playing very well in preseason and playing noticeably better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, where the beat reporters are saying it's crazy to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, where the fans are saying it's crazy to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, this makes it harder on Brian Flores. And we don't know what he's going to do, which is why he's trying to bring in the the off-the-field stuff and the young quarterback stuff. But again, I mean, every single one of us thought – that Rosen would be the starter come week five. 
but things change. Things change in preseason. Yes, the games don't count, but they do count. Not in the win-loss column, but they do count when you're evaluating talent. And like you said, Houts, you cannot sit here and seriously say that Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the Miami Dolphins starting quarterback. There is no way to say it. Sure, you may get your butt whooped by the Ravens, but yes, you have a young quarterback, but you're starting at home. Week one, the Ravens are coming to town, but you have a nice running game you can lean on to kind of control and dictate the game. You're playing in hot weather, which the Ravens are not used to. So for me, that stuff outweighs the -the off-the-field stuff for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because if Josh Rosen's athleticism and arm throws, arm talent, and ability to get out of the pocket and and rush and run and, and do all those things that Fitzpatrick cannot do at his age, that to me is the leading factor for Rosen to get the starting nod. Other standout performers for the Dolphins, I mean, there weren't really many standout performers, but guys who continue to have good performances. Patrick Laird has had a great preseason, and this dude is playing himself onto the roster. Miles Gaskin, the draft pick, I don't think he's going to make it. Mark Walton, even with the uh, cleared, he got cleared in the case pretty much, but he still has some uh, things against him and going to likely face suspension from the NFL. Don't think he's going to end up making the roster. That leaves Laird. You got Kenyon Drake banged up. You got Balazs in there. You got Chandler Cox. And then you got Laird. He's been doing very well. Average 4.3 yards per carry on six carries. Mike Jazicki had a nice game. Three receptions for 59 yards. Average 19.7 yards per reception. Isaiah Ford showed up in the box score. Two receptions, 45 yards. Nick O'Leary, he's a solid player. I like this dude a lot. Preston Williams, ever since having that dominant preseason game, has kind of fallen off the radar a bit. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about that, Sutton, in just a few minutes. Because you had Pro Football Network's Shane Tyler on Finsider Daily. We saw some more solid play from the Eggman, Sam Ugovalen. We saw some good play from the secondary, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain. So there are some things to like on this team. I think their defense is actually going to be pretty solid despite some of the lacking talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive line position. But... Did you all notice how much Charles Harris was in the backfield two weeks in a row? I think we're going to see this kid turn it up a yep. notch here in 2019. 3-4, that, that system is perfect for him. And I think he finally feels like he's comfortable. What are your thoughts, boys? Yeah, he had some good snaps. Uh, Cornell Armstrong, I'll give him some credit on special teams. And House had a good uh, video of him as a gunner. Just destroying somebody, and um, Jeff Schwartz should have retweeted him, but he just stole his video kind of, so shame on you, Jeff Schwartz. But anyway, um, you saw Jerome Baker make plays, Nate Orcher make plays, and I just think this defense does have some potential. Uh, It remains to be seen how many pieces are left to really – get Brian Flores and Patrick Graham to 
the uh, the group that they need to really kind of unfold all the wrinkles of their defensive game plans. But um, you, you saw enough plays on all three levels of the field uh, that there should be some optimism. And I was able to interview Mark Schofield from Inside the Pylon, who's one of the more knowledgeable people about Brian Flores' scheme. That episode is going to drop on Monday or Tuesday next week where we kind of hash out what we can expect from the Brian Flores defense. Because honestly, I know, you know, this was the dress rehearsal. This is where a lot of fans, you, you start focusing in on the regular season and you start getting tunnel vision and, and focusing in on minutia. And I want to just kind of remind everybody why we hired Brian Flores in the first place, what he can bring especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I will say one thing I noticed in that preseason game was that he was going to go for two when we were up 11, which makes no sense to me. So why not kick the extra point and just go up 12? What's, what's the point in going for two and going for, and getting up to 13? Because either way, you're gonna, the, the opponent's going to need two touchdowns. Uh, to win the game, and it was end of the fourth quarter already. So I think Brian Flores, as much as we want to um, dive into the complexities of his defensive scheme and stuff, we're going to see that he's human also and that he's going to have to kind of grow making coaching decisions in real time. And those were one of those things that I saw today. I was like, I didn't really like that. Yeah, and there's plenty to like about this. I mean, we talked about Brian Flores throughout the offseason. You know, we all kind of got sold on him doing our podcast. I mean, he was kind of an unknown commodity. We sat here and ran down the list of achievements. We started seeing and realized, you know, this defense in mind, he built plenty of players up from nothing there in New England. You know, he worked the linebackers, defense, whatever he did. He had his say in there. He, he ex- set, extended expectations there. And for me, what I think we're starting to see here is a team where the entire league is heading towards an offensive-minded, uh, you know, they're going out there getting the Zach Taylors, the Sean McVays, you know, the next great offensive-minded coach. The Miami Dolphins did the entire opposite of that. They brought in Brian Flores, a guy that shut down the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. We know that he had a big part of what the, what happened there, but you're starting to see these guys develop. I mean, Charles Harris, a guy that looked like he was going to be cut a few, you know, a few weeks ago, didn't really look like he could even be on an NFL roster. This guy's balling. He looks like the best pass rusher on the roster. You know, yes, he's going to get against some of the, you know, second or third stringers, but this dude just looks like a completely different player. And you don't know if it's a scheme like Kanata said, you know, he's better suited for 3-4. That's kind of what you heard coming out of the draft. But it can just be said about all these guys. I mean, Sam McGuavian, I mean, he's a guy that in the CFL, I mean, uh, the the guy was an unknown guy. He came in here, the Dolphins gave him a chance. He's probably going to start. You know, whether Kiko comes back, whether my boy Raycon comes back, Sam McGuavin should be in that starting rotation. Jerome Baker, I mean, he is a guy that's ascending. He is a guy that could be one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL. So you start to see these pieces fall into place. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to have success in 2019, but I do think this defense that with the right pieces, you know, the Minka Fitzpatrick's, the Xavier Howard's, the Jerome Baker's, the Charles Harris's, the, the Christian Wilkins, you know, whoever it might be, they are getting these pieces in place. They are starting to build this thing the right way. And I think before it's all said and done, you know, they are going to be that team that has that elite, you know, that top 10 
top I can't say top five the top 10 defense in the NFL you know that goes out there and keeps games close and all you need is a Josh Rosen at quarterback you know to to manage the game to, to give the ball to a Kalen Balazs to a Kenyon Drake whoever that running back is a Patrick Laird I mean that's the guy that I'm very high on if you don't see Danny Woodhead or Rex Burkhead when he's running the football I mean I don't know if the skin tone has anything to do with that I mean I'd be naive to sit here and say that that doesn't kind of skew things for some people but this guy I mean he's explosive and you said he's better than Mark Walton I mean that dude broke away from a taser when he got arrested he's going to be suspended Patrick Laird should be the running back three on this roster I think with Kenyon Drake in a contract season you're going to see Laird get more opportunities he's a very good pass catcher but again back to the defense I mean that is an elite unit starting to come together and I do think you know maybe 2019 is not the year but in 2020 this team is going to be very good and I think Brian Flores is building things the right way they're coaching these players up and I think that is a Huge, huge difference between what we saw uh, with Adam Gase last season. The Miami Dolphins will have one more week to continue to improve before their preseason wraps up. They will face the New Orleans Saints on Thursday, August 29th. That's an 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time game. And then they will have another week to get ready for opening weekend, which will be on September 8th at 1 p.m. at Hard Rock Stadium Versus the Baltimore Ravens, of course, all the teams in the NFL will end their preseason next Thursday to give everyone an equal footing as they head into the regular season. Dolphins are going to be an interesting team this year, no matter which way you look at it, as we've said on the show plenty of times. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, there's going to be something to look forward to. It's either going to mean the Dolphins are getting their franchise quarterback for hopefully the next 10 plus years, or... They're going to go six wins, eight wins, and prove that this coaching staff was the right choice. We'll be back next week with more Finsider Radio for you. Finsider Daily kicking off on Monday going through the week. We'll be back with the group show on Friday morning as we recap the Saints game and look ahead to week one. Be sure to join us each and every day here on the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. For Joshua Houts and Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.